You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 378, where we'll be looking back at... 2023 in Nerd. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Ian. And here we are. It yep. is almost the end of another year in Nerd. Another year of the podcast behind us and another year to look back on. There's a lot that happened in this year. I looked back through my Twitter feed, through my Instagram, and I was shocked about the things that happened in 2023 that I would have swore happened in 2022, maybe even 2021. This year, although feeling short, it's been really long and really jam-packed with a lot of nerd, a lot of transition of nerd, a lot of new things, a lot of shows, a lot of movies, a lot of everything, streaming. It's It's been a big year. For nerd, and we're gonna spend this episode looking back at that, and a little different than what we've done in the past. We're actually gonna look at what we consider to be the top five nerd stories for 2023. In the past, we've actually done lists and all this kind of stuff, but we thought maybe it would be better to try something a little different this year and 2023 off by taking a little detour outside of normalcy and plunking ourselves down and talking about some of these big stories and then getting your feedback out there in the podcast world about what you thought were some of the bigger stories. Are we a little bit biased here? We do have some Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and maybe a little bit of Beyond inside of this list. But Ian, before we get into the top five of 2023, how are you doing, my friend? It's it's almost the end of the year. Santa it's Claus crazy. is it's it coming is soon, man. I'm I'm hyped. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's a, it's been a weird one. It's funny you say that because I haven't really thought about it, but this year has just sped by. Um, and yeah, just thinking over some of the stuff that we've received this year and some of the, the uh, nerd goodness, like, yeah, I would have thought a lot of it happened in 2022, um, but it, it happened this year. And it's, it's been, it's been a weird one because there's been a lot of changes. Social media's kind of taken a bit of a dip and people have kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. There's been some ups and some downs. There's been a lot more negativity with some, some, um, some franchises and it's it's been a kind of strange year and even with christmas coming up you know i'm usually really excited about the the christmas time but you know speaking about it earlier with my wife it just doesn't feel as christmasy this year i don't know what it is like there's something something missing i don't know if it's just because we haven't been getting so many christmas specials and christmas movies or Mm. whether it's because i'm just not talking to as many people um online as as before you know the community has kind of shrunk a little bit um i don't know but i'm still excited and i know santa is definitely bringing me some awesome goodies so that's that's uh the thing i'm looking forward to and it means some time off work means christmas food yes it does. time with the family Ooh. so yeah man i'm i'm still very excited and really excited to to break down 2023 i think there's some things i probably forgot forgotten about and it'd be nice to to bring them back up and and have a chat about them Oh, man. It's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. When you said, when you started running down the Christmas list there of to-dos, I was thinking, oh, a nice beverage on top of that. Woo! I'm looking forward to that. I only got a couple more days, so I got two more days of work as of this record. When this episode drops, I'll be almost done work for the year. 
And I can't wait for 2024. I, I Honestly, there's so much going on. I have so many ideas, not only for this podcast, but for everything going on. And I can't wait to jump to 2024. But, man, before we get there, we got to look back at 23. Because, like you said, a lot's happened. And we're going we're gonna to start with number five. Story number five of 2023 from our nerd perspective is the Star Wars movie slate announcement at Celebration 2023. So this is a big one for us Star Wars fans. We've been waiting, we've been salivating to a degree over this idea of future Star Wars movies. We've had so many that have been promised to us and taken away. There's been a lot of uncertainty as to what Star Wars looks like on the big screen. And this year at Celebration, they put down a path that I think is achievable and makes sense for Star Wars. So we got three movies announced here that will be coming in May of 26, December of 26, as well as December of 2027. So we got a little bit of time before any of these movies show up. Hmm. But those movies are, we got a James Mangold epic, as it was called. So James Mangold, he directed Indiana Jones and the Dial Destiny. He directed, what was it, Ford v. Ferrari. He also did Logan, too, as well. And so he's got some chops to him, but he's telling a Jedi story, or I guess the origins of the Force, 25,000 years before A New Hope. So this is going to a brand new space that we, no pun intended, that we have never been to in Star Wars before. The second movie announced was a Mandalorian-era movie. Rumored at this point, this is just a rumor, this might be making us making stuff up, to be heir to the Empire. So continuing the story out of Ahsoka with Dave Filoni at the helm. John Favreau is going to be there co-piloting with him, but this one is a big one. And the third one, which was probably the most shocking of all, was the return of Daisy Ridley to the role of Rey, where we would be visiting Daisy and Rey in her 30s. This is going to be taking place at least a decade after Rise of Skywalker, and we're going to be seeing potentially Rey as a Jedi Master with a Jedi School. Who knows? But that, to me, was a huge shocker that Daisy Ridley would be returning to this franchise so soon after the sequel trilogy. So we got kind of a buffet of Star Wars movies, of Star Wars eras announced here. But Ian, like, talk about this. Let's talk about the story for you. Hearing these three films inside of 2023, what did that mean to you? And are you confident that we're going to see all three of these movies? Uh, yeah, it's difficult. The The confidence side is, is a bit tricky um, because we've had things being announced. You know, we've had you know, the Ryan Johnson trilogy that's been, yeah. you know, <laughs> coming up and disappearing and i don't know (laughs) like what's going on with that and he still says he's he's working on it i don't know you also had the the things coming out from taika watiti is is not really giving me much confidence in terms of the things that he wants from it um but the three that are on the slate at the moment are really exciting man and Mm. i love every single one of those ideas like i think they've definitely been listening to the fans i think they really know what's going to hit now um and i think they're they're not taking as many risks as they were maybe with something like you know like the last jedi um the mando one with feloni is probably the most exciting of all just because it's it's feloni he knows star wars everything we've gotten from mando and ahsoka has blown my mind 
had me super yeah. excited every single time and to have that in a movie form with these characters and bringing these stories together and every single one of them having a Boba Fett and a Mando and an Ahsoka and a, whoever's in it like it's gonna be insane um, and of course, it's, it's this... literally going to be like an Endgame style, Infinity War style for Star Wars. I think like is, we've been yeah. asking for for this inside of Star Wars for a long time, mm-hmm. and it, it this I think this movie is going to going to deliver on it. It is definitely my most anticipated three. I agree yeah. with you there. And the great thing with Filoni is he's he's you know people talk about fan service, but he does fan service well. Like he does fan service in yeah. a very meaningful way, and everything he brings in has a purpose. And he's yeah. really great with connectivity, and I think that's something that's uh that's really exciting um and yeah the other ones the other ones too like i love ray ray is a fantastic mm-hmm. character uh she got some criticism because of her you know being overpowered and so on but i think she's so likable you know the force awakens i've been posting stuff recently on on twitter because of the you know the anniversary of the the force awakens the mm-hmm. release of force awakens and yeah man like i've loved her since that movie she's she was probably the best part of the sequel trilogy and yeah. i think she deserves her stories to be revisited i think she deserves a continuation um it'd be nice to have skywalker name continue a little bit some people might not be into that and i like it you know i want to see more mm-hmm. of the skywalker name being continued and it'd be really interesting to see where she goes from now and to have another story um seeing her a little bit older a little bit wiser get the the luke skywalker that we never got in the past you know mm-hmm. where she is actually a, a kind of really well-trained disciplined jedi uh training other people and i think that's really cool it could be a case where we start to see the rebuilding of the jedi order uh in in a better form and i think that's also really exciting too uh and, yeah, and there's, yeah there's so much there so and much there so, so much there and mangled the mangled one again I think they've been kind of planting seeds for this kind of movie because we've been getting a lot more of the Star Wars lore, especially mm-hmm. in stuff like Ahsoka. And I, I think that's where they're going oh, to start point. teaching us about things from the past. Uh, the games like the Jedi Fallen Order was really great at that, you know, talking about these other civilizations called the like the Jepo and they were force sensitive. So it'd be interesting to go back so far into the past and see the kind of origin stories of of the Jedi and, and, and so on. So again, and you've got a, such a great director who's produced some really, really good movies. Um, so man, I couldn't be more excited. I think it's, it's great. It's great for me living in Japan. Cause I get Star Wars celebration in 2025. Yes. 25. Um, that was another big thing that was announced. Yes. And yeah, like hopefully that will be the point where we might get some trailers. Uh, you know, some insight into those upcoming movies. So it'd be a really exciting time. I know some stuff got pushed back, I think, with the strikes due to the strikes, but hopefully... All three of them to... did, I think. I think they all got pushed like a year almost. Yeah, but I do hope we get to see some stuff then. It, you know, it'll bring back that hype definitely during the celebration. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But how about you? Yeah, no, it's good. It'll be quite, it'll be quite a distance between when the Rise of Skywalker come out, 2019 and into 2026. So yeah, you're like seven plus years there of of no star wars on the big screen so maybe it'll be an appropriate gap we will be getting though if these movies stick these movies will will have basically three star wars movies within a year and a half Mm -hmm. which is which is a lot i i I dig it but 
I, I like this idea of cautious approach and giving themselves time. And I think you're right there with celebration in Japan in 2025 that we'll be seeing a trailer there for that, for sure. With that May slot in 2026, like this, like about a year out from that, give or take. So these, these all look fantastic. I think that Mando era movie with Dave Filoni by far the one I'm looking forward to most. The other two, I'm cool with them. I'd like to see them, but it's that Mando era one that is, that's got my eyes set being Okay, is this going to be that Thrawn story? Are they going to do Luke Skywalker in this as well? Highly likely that Luke has a role to play, I would say. I'd say even maybe Han Solo, Princess Leia. They're going to put everything into this, I think. And I want this one to be the first one back. I want this to be the May 2026 one. I don't know if they're going to have the time to do it and if they have the story in place, but I think... If you want to return to the big screen in a big way for Star Wars, it's got to be this Mando film. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah, me, right me too. I think so too. And I really do hope they make it into a big event. I hope it does become as big of an event as, you know, the the release of The Phantom Menace and, and The Force Awakens. You know, I really miss that. I really do miss that. And it's kind of like looking back at the trailers of the force awakens and that excitement and that whole year of just star wars events and walking into stores and everything was star wars themed and everybody was so excited and you know the shows have started to bring back a bit of that hype and a bit of that excitement for star wars but it's it's just not there yet and i really do hope you know that movie especially does bring people back in and and get people really excited because you know it would be really uh Really cool to have Star Wars be loved and adored and, and celebrated again. Yeah, and I think that's where this one can do it. Your your point about The Phantom Menace and The Force Awakens, about them being events and the anticipation, that's like years of build into these things. And I think this could potentially have that. And I noticed that you posted on, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or something like that today, and just said you miss that time. You miss, like 2015, I agree with you, it's probably my favorite year in fandom ever between The Force Awakens and Age of Ultron. I was just riding on such a high inside mm-hmm. of Nerd. And that ultimately led to the creation of the Nerd Room in that year. Like, that's how high I was on all of this stuff, was getting into this space, the excitement, the energy. It was just palpable throughout the entire community. It was probably my favorite year, 2015, 2016. Probably my two favorite years in Dude, fandom of all time. Japan went crazy. Like, you go into, you pick up a coffee from like a canned coffee from the shop and you have like a Boba Fett cap on the top, you mm-hmm. know, or you'd go into another shop and you get some sweets, like, you know, some jellies or something. Can there be like Darth Vader printed <laughs> on the front? And it's like, and they just loved having these Star Wars events. Like May the 4th event that year was insane. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mental. Man, and... I, w- I went and waited in line for hours, hours up until midnight for like five or six hours in the cold for the release of the toys for The Force Awakens in 2000. <laughs> was it 2015? Yeah, it must have been 2015. I did that. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah. It was it was a blast. I did it with Troy, former co-host here. And that, that's that's what I want out of this. And I think this Mando movie can do that. But uh, but speaking of Mando, let's move on to number four, the fourth biggest story we consider in 2023. And it is Star Wars again. We've got two back-to-back Star Wars stories here. This one is... Star Wars continues to find its voice on Disney+. Plus. Now, as we just talked about, Star Wars has been absent from the theater since 2019. There's been a lot of ups and downs, ebbs and flows with the 
release dates with what's coming out in Star Wars. But Star Wars has really found a home, found its voice, found its foundation on Disney+. Plus. And I would say in this year, they really, really discover what they are, at least on Disney+. Plus. And if you go from late last year, November last year, we had Andor, which I absolutely loved. It was a prequel to Rogue One, another movie I thought was fantastic. It had a beautiful story inside of it. It was a lot different than what we've gotten in the past. And then we head into 2023 and we get Mando Season 3, which was really about the Mandalorian, like the Mandalore of it all. And then we get Ahsoka, which was a right sequel to star wars rebels and some of the best if not the best star wars we've seen in a very very long time and what we got in the future is skeleton crew acolyte don't know where that's all gonna fall but i would say 23 inside of this year man this is the best star wars we've gotten i i don't even know since when like those are two of the best shows Mm. and stories that have been told inside of this universe since i've no clue man like i I, i'm going maybe back to 16 with rogue one yeah and the force awakens kind of that year span between those two movies and then before that you got to go i think all the way back to the original trilogy like this is some serious star wars that happened in mando season three and ahsoka and i know some people there was episodes inside of mandalorian that weren't as well received as some of the others but I think holistically, it was phenomenal. And Ahsoka was just next level Star Wars. Like, it's my favorite Disney Plus show. And I, I think that them having the ability to tell these stories, write these stories for Disney Plus, get this lore out there, get this Star Wars content out there before building it into a movie is just brilliant. So Disney Plus, is this something that, that you're seeing too, man, that that this year is probably one of the best years for Star Wars content, although it kind of flew a little bit under the radar, to be honest with you. 100%, yeah. I, I, It's an it's an unusual thing that's going on with Star Wars, I think, because the there was all the hype around the, the first, and even the second season of Mando, and I think the third one, there was a bit of a dip. Um, there weren't as many people talking about it online. I, th- I thought that was kind of unusual. Even Ahsoka, people weren't really rushing to see it. You know, people no. were watching it, but people weren't rushing to see it. And a lot of people didn't really un- fully understand everything about it. And I think what we're getting as- from Star Wars fans is something very special. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look back at the original trilogy, and I think the best thing about those, they were quite simple. But there was that law. You didn't really know who the Jedi were. And, you know, they were living in exile. And you had this, there was that <laughs> mystery there. And what I like about the new stories is it's they're, they're building up this mystery and they're getting you to ask questions. And then they're revealing stuff gradually. And it's kind of all working and, and coming together. And I think we're actually getting some really great storytelling within the Star Wars universe. I do think that maybe that's why they have decided to do the ray movie which will probably be a little bit more of a simplified story a bit of a disconnected story something that just more a general audience can kind mm-hmm. of connect to yeah 100%. and maybe even the the younger audiences that you know the sequel trilogy was their star wars um that's that will be a continuation for them um but the you know the the kind of seasoned star wars fans the people who've been there from the start the people who've grown up loving star wars what we've been getting from these shows is is 
<laughs> absolutely incredible man like i was just thinking about it like when we i knew we was going to talk about it this year i was thinking back at like mando season three and just scenes popping into my head like whoa remember that remember when we saw all those mandalorians with jetpacks flying through yeah. the sky with bo <laughs> with a dark saber and i'm like man like i've got to go back and watch these and just yeah and, and like you said like andor last year was Again, fantastic, really great storytelling. It didn't connect with as many people. Mm -hmm. um, but I love that they're trying to you know, have these offshoots and things that are, are kind of building the universe. But with Mando, with Ahsoka, there's just that magic, man. There's something yeah. very magical about those two uh those two stories ahsoka like you like ahsoka's i've got two ahsoka hot toys behind me and i've pre-ordered another one like that is <laughs> yeah. that character has gone through so much she's probably the most well developed she put mm -hmm. the best character arc in the whole of star wars for you know, sure 100 like beyond yeah. luke's beyond anyone's 100 and for them to then have all that connectivity and and have bringing some mystery as well and and make you have these characters that you really love and you want to see what happens next. I, I think, you know, we're really lucky as Star Wars fans. Um, and it's strange, as you said, it's just kind of gone under the radar. Like, it hasn't really felt like a big year for Star Wars, but it's been huge. It's really yes! unusual. <laughs> It's, it's, it is crazy when you look back on not only the announcements from Celebration, as we just talked about, but like you said, these shows. And then, you, well, the, not to forget, the Bad Batch was in there. Mm -hmm. So there, this this year was like a transformational year, but I feel like nobody talked about it <laughs> except yeah. for us here on the podcast. Like it, it was, it just felt different. And I think some of that has to go into the collecting has felt different, the the temperature and atmosphere around fandom has been different. I think a lot of people have actually left and disappeared and just ignored what's been going on. 100%. But if you're a Star Wars fan that has stepped back and you're listening to this right now, go back and watch. Start with Ahsoka. Like, if you, like it's just phenomenal. And if that gets you going, head back to Mando. There's some different stuff, but both of these shows are so delayed. Dave Filoni. I, I would I consider Mando season three Dave Filoni's season of The Mandalorian, where I think season one was very much John Favreau's and season mm -hmm. two was a joint effort. Like it's almost like you've got like a trilogy there where each of these minds have had their own individual season and one crossover season, which was Mando season two, which is why it feels a bit punctuated sometimes inside of it, where you've got these weird offshoot episodes that are trying to build stuff for Ahsoka and Book of Boba Fett and all that. Mm -hmm. So I'd really check this out, especially get a flavor for what to expect with that Mando era film. Like that, it's going to be a Dave Filoni directed film. It's going to have him writing. It's going to feel very much like Ahsoka. And so I think Star Wars 23 was like a turnaround year for me for Star Wars. It, it established a solid foundation in what the future is. And it gave us the stories that we've been wanting for so long. And it's just amazing so as star wars fans in 2023 phenomenal year yeah 100 percent. and yeah i think you bring up a good point like I, I don't think the problem 
is really with Star Wars. I think it's with fandom in general. There's there's mm-hmm. something going on, and it's you know people are yeah. dropping off the kind of superhero train, but they're also it's Star Wars as well. People were saying that when Mando season three was coming out and they weren't hitting the the viewer numbers, that it was kind of Mando fatigue and Star Wars fatigue. And I'm like Star Wars fatigue. Just this, this doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> no. like just think how long Star Wars has been around and how much people have loved it. Like we went years and years and years without Star Wars and people were craving it. People would have wanted it. And, you know, once we got it, we were just eating it up, man. And yeah, like fandom in general, is, it seems like a lot of people have taken a step back. I don't know if people are moving into other forms of entertainment. Um, I, I so. don't know. That's part of it. Yeah, it's it's very unusual, and it's it's we've seen it with 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 the MCU stuff as well. You know, we're getting phenomenal shows, we're getting something as amazing as Loki, and nobody cares about it. Yes, so it's it's a very strange time that we're living in, and it's the same thing as I said, I was saying to you earlier about like Twitter, you know, with X, like people are dropping off, and it's that kind of the nerd community that I was i belong to it doesn't feel like people want to talk about it as much these days like this there's me clinging on trying to post stuff and get people back in it's like it like where is everybody man Let's well, i haven't been helping stars. you much there <laughs> <laughs> i do love the enthusiasm but it uh i i'm interested to see where 2024 takes us with star wars yeah. because we do know with this third story potentially where dc is going and now dc has gone through a transitional year. And we're going to talk about DC a little bit more in the next two or three topics here. But the main one here that we're going to talk about on this one, story number three, is James Gunn announces the DCU slate, which will begin in 2025, starting with Superman Legacy in July, July 11th, 2025, that will be written and directed by James Gunn. There's been a lot of casting not even rumors, but confirmations over the last little bit. But this story was huge. This came out, this felt like it was in 2022, but it was end of January 2023, where James Gunn laid out the slate for DCU Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. So he announced 10 properties that will cross over between live-action film, animated TV shows, as well as TV shows. Everything from Superman Legacy, The Brave and the Bold, which will be your Batman story, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, The Authority, Swamp Thing, Creature Commandos, Waller, Lanterns, Booster Gold, and Paradise Lost. So that is quite an eclectic mix of properties. And I do wonder, I am curious as to where all this goes because James Gunn, yes, he has a knack for bringing the weird, the strange, and making them household names, but he has got quite a tall task in front of him to get the DCU to a point where it is successful, where it is profitable in a time when fandom, as you just mentioned, Ian, is on probably on the lower end of the curve, heading towards what will be some inevitable basement. But James Gunn, laying this out for us, the DCU slate, the first time that we've got a big line of sight to something creatively consistent. What do you think, man? DCU, James Gunn's game plan here. Was it was this this big of a story? Like I think this is huge, but mm-hmm. where are you sitting on this one? It's an interesting one, the DC, because I don't really know where I sit. I, I've had a bit of a bad time with the DC EU movies. The you know mm-hmm. I haven't really connected with them. Um, a lot of people love the Flash and and Blue Beetle, and I find them kind of mediocre. And I think that's partly 
you know my my taste um i just haven't really been feeling it and the bringing across of gun really did feel like the best thing that could have happened yeah. to the dc universe and i'm really excited to see what he does just because guardians is is just the so best good of the mcu like it's and what he has the ability of doing as seen with suicide squad is just that ability of bringing in characters not having to tell you their whole backstory and actually make you really like them and and really Mm -hmm. root for them and and want to see more of them so i think it's definitely in good hands and i think there's so much potential with what we're going to get i'm super excited about superman legacy um you know a, a really great cast uh, that they've got there and it seems like he's bringing in so many superheroes and villains into that one movie like he's really yeah. starting quickly he's showing us here they all are and let's go and he's you know he's hitting the road running and like um so yeah i think it's 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 going to be interesting the only thing that kind of puts me off or not puts me off but makes me a little kind of skeptical is just the announcements that we keep getting with certain actors are they moving across and are they not moving across who's mm-hmm. going to be in it, who's not going to be in it not a true reboot of things like it's well yeah as a, as a fr- fresh start but there's a lot of like peacemaker and there's rumors at one point that gal Gadot was coming back as wonder woman and you know who's in who's out Waller, there's some consistency, and I think his excuse, or not his excuse, but his explanation was basically like, it's an alternate universe, but some people will be the same in an alternate universe, and that's kind of Yeah, it. I don't mind it. I think for us, it's okay. I, I just don't know how that's going to work with the general audience. I, I think yeah. that's going to confuse confuse some people. And there's stuff like, I think recently, like a few days ago or something, there's like an Arkham Asylum series mm-hmm. that's that's planned with uh, by uh, Matt Reeves. And yeah. he's saying that that actually takes place within the Superman legacy universe. So it's like, where does the Batman fall into that? And, you know, the bat where Batman was supposed to be very separate, you know, it's kind of all its own thing. Um, and we, we don't know who the Batman is yet. No, in not Brave yet. In the Bold. So is there a chance that he's going to use, you know, Batinson? Is there a chance? I don't know. So it's, it's, it's a bit up in the air at the moment. Some of the things that they've they've introduced, like the authority, I, I don't know anything about. No. Um, but again, like I don't know, I didn't know anything about, say, for for example, like the like Invincible, uh, TV show, and you know now I absolutely love that character. So I like that we're getting some people that we don't know or mm-hmm. not as familiar because it gives him, gives him more space, gives him more to work with, and uh, we won't be making those connections like, ah, oh, that's not my Superman and that, that's not my Batman. So I think that's really cool. And I listened to a podcast recently where they were actually talking, breaking down the authority in the comics, and it sounds like you know a really interesting um, group uh, and some really interesting stories. So, yeah, man, like, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about what's yeah what's going i think on. that's i think that's the right way to put it i i think it's very exciting especially for dc fans that they're getting like you said james gunn and peter saffron were established or put into this role at the end of 2022 and they jumped straight into it and pulled the slate together and actually got some direction to it and i think having this watchful oversight done by james gunn i, I think it's going to produce something that is special and that has potential to propel DC to the heights that they've always strived to be at. 
my biggest fear with all of this is just the audience is kind of gone from that era of film. And we're actually going to talk about that here in our next couple of points is that that audience is, is different now and potentially needs to be catered to or influenced in a different way to get back in the volume that we or they should expect for, for those type of films, you know. We're going to, that might be, that might be story number one, but we're going to get to story number two as we jump over into the realm of the box office a little bit. And that's something that we, we kind of keep tabs on here. We're doing a box office fantasy pool. And I think we can officially say that Carlos has walked away with another victory, back to back victories. <laughs> and uh, now I have to uh, go, go kind of say, ah, it wasn't okay, just a victory, too. man. He just blew the competition. He just, okay. <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. It wasn't, it wasn't even close. <laughs> if I had told you that Dungeons and Dragons, the Chris Pine movie, <laughs> was going to outgross domestically the Marvels, if I'd have told you that in January of 2023, you would have said, "Tim, you're a fool for saying those words <laughs> out loud." And here we are. It's going to outgross it by potentially over $10 million. <laughs> and if Dungeons & Dragons, if Super Mario hadn't come out immediately after Dungeons & Dragons, that movie mm-hmm. would have made even more, for sure. Yeah, maybe over $100 million. So let's let's talk about the box office here. Story number two for 2023. Franchises, although remain powerful at the box office, they are no longer the only game in town. Now, franchises have been pillars of of Hollywood for decades, but even more so in the last, I would say, two decades, where franchises like the MCU, franchises like Harry Potter, Avatar, these type of films, Spider-Man, have been the dominant force behind box office numbers. They've always been sitting in that one, two, three space, and sometimes the MCU taking up all three. But the box office is is still a little different than it was pre-pandemic. When you look at total box office numbers pre-pandemic 2019 and really from 2009 through 19, so a whole decade there, the gross domestic box office, so if you add up all the money made by films, was consistently over $10 billion a year from 2009. was the first time it went over $10 billion. Right through to 2019 where it was upwards of $11 billion. 2020, the global pandemic, of course, that that really changed the game for everyone. We're still feeling the net effects, I think, on delays and on quality of films. But this year, 2023, arguably the first year we're in an environment where COVID isn't an overprint on audiences, a direct overprint, I will say, on audiences going to the theater. And this year, the total gross, now we just still have Aquaman, still to come out, so let's call it 100 to $200 million. But we're at $8.5 billion for 2023, total gross domestically. So not even, like we're still shy, like $3 billion worth of ticket sales to match pre-pandemic numbers. So what this says is the audiences still aren't going back to the theaters in the same way they were pre-pandemic 2019 2009 through 19 they were making more money there so something has changed about the audiences and that's not the only thing that has changed not only aren't they going back in the same numbers but an interesting trend seems to be emerging now i use the word trend cautiously because you do need a couple more years to actually see a trend emerging but something something is kind of inside of me just telling me something's different you know 
I said that franchises remain quite powerful, and and that is very very much so because you've got things like Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, Guardians of the Galaxy, Little Mermaid, kind of falling into that Disney live action thing, Avatar, even like the likes of John Wick, Creed Three, Transformers, Indiana Jones. These are all movies we saw at the theaters, and so they they remain an important piece of the Hollywood box office monster. But none of those films, I would say, performed the way I think we would have anticipated in 2023. And the real shining stars of this year are what I would consider non-franchise films. Films that maybe have a little bit more originality to them with the likes of Barbie, Super Mario, and Oppenheimer. Those are one, two, and I think four for top grocers for this year, or five with Oppenheimer. And at the start of this year, I just would not have thought that with the likes of Guardians, the Marvels, even things like Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, all underperformed. But the big movies this year were things that kind of were a little different. And that's the thing that I'm trying to get across with this story is that twofold. The box office just isn't what it was. And our, our... audience is not only not coming back but are they starting to shift into a different space of what they want to see on the big screen are we going back to something different do you think Mm. this might go into the end one do you think the audiences ian are changing are they evolving i think so i don't know it says a lot i don't know if it says something about the kind of demographic of people who are going to see these movies like you know are they are people bored with certain types of movies? I don't know. I, I, it's, it's very unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking at first that it was just kind of still, you know, post-pandemic uh, kind of knock-on effect because you know I, I attend events. If I go to like Comic Con and when I went to Disneyland, um, kind of late last year or early this year, it was very different than it is now, though, where it's just packed and people are starting to come back to those those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, was it that? But I, I'm not sure. I don't think it is. It just seems like the audiences have evolved in some way. There is some kind of change. There is something that people are looking for to go out and watch a movie. And there could be so many factors. It could be the the cost of um, going to the, the movie theater. I, I hear, you know, in other countries that it's it's ridiculously expensive these days. And, you know, people are really picking and choosing the movies that they go and they go and see. Um, it could be just the fact that so many people now have access to all these different streaming networks that they they don't mind waiting anymore. And it's like I was saying earlier with the Star Wars stuff. People aren't rushing out to see, to see you know, the MCU shows and the Star Wars shows. People seem to be a little bit more patient. And maybe because they went through that pandemic stage where they had to wait for things and things weren't coming out, people are not used to, like putting in that effort to get to see something as, as soon as it comes out. So I think there is some something really strange going on. And it's like I look at my family back home, like, a lot, you know, my, my parents and my brother never go to the cinema anymore. And I don't really know what is the cause of, of that. Um, as you said, like, it seems like there is some desire for people to see things that are a bit more original. I think we definitely saw that with the start of that with like movies like everything everywhere all at once you know that was such a a huge Mm -hmm. and popular movie and it was something that i wouldn't have seen 
I wouldn't have thought would have been so popular, but everybody wanted to watch that movie. Everyone kind of rushed to see that movie at that time. But then you'd have something like Maverick, which was huge, absolutely crazy, and everybody wanted to see it, but then nobody wanted cared about Mission Impossible. And I'm like, yeah. where, what, what's going on there? What's the disconnect there? Yeah. I, I think the big one for me is indie. Like, I, I honestly mm-hmm. thought everybody was going to go and see Indie Jones. Me too. Everybody knows the Indie Jones theme song. Everybody knows who Indiana Jones is. I could say that I'm old. We kind of grew up with Indie Jones. Maybe the wider population didn't. The younger people didn't. But they all know who Indiana Jones is. Like, why didn't people want to go and see Indiana Jones? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 unusual because there are things that people are going to see. Uh, there are people. There are things that people are excited about. Like Wonka's doing pretty well now. And I guess that's because it's kind of a holiday movie and because mm. people like Timothy Chalamet. Um, yeah, it's a little, it's different too. Like it's different. It's an original film. It's not true. Enough, yeah, it's like a musical. A... Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. something a little more original. So yeah, it's, it could be, it could be lots of things, man. I, it's Yeah, it's, it, I, I'm just looking through some of the numbers here in a little bit more detail. You know, when I talked about kind of the disconnect between the total domestic gross, as used in Canada, but I, I didn't. One thing I didn't consider, which I'm just looking at now, is the amount of releases inside of the year. And would you believe me that if we go back to 2019, with that 11 billion dollar mark and the eight and a half billion dollar mark for this year, there's actually almost 50 percent less releases inside of 2023. There's only 545 films released in 2023, and there's almost mm-hmm. over 900 released in 2019. And so your actual your actual amount your average per film is actually almost the highest ever inside of this year. So maybe that goes a little bit against this idea that the audiences aren't coming out. They seem to be coming out and spending the money. Just the volume of content isn't there. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a really funny one, and that's why I wanted to bring it up and why I think it's like an emerging story of 2023 is that the box office is is just it feels different. And like you pointed out about Indiana Jones and people have moving on from some of these franchises that I would have said, like done would have done gangbusters like Indy five. And even the transformers didn't perform super well. And you know, the MCU movies way underperformed this year. And you have something like Oppenheimer, which I just didn't think was going to capture an audience. It's a Nolan film. Yes. I didn't think that he would be able to, that he still had that amount of, of power, the box office, but well, like yeah, well, Tenet, is, Tenet, Tenet didn't really move the needle. But it was much, also a pandemic release. It was like one of the first films to come out back in the theaters. Like you're still masking, you're still distancing and all that kind of like Tenet just didn't have an ideal. Like he kind of forced that out. And so Oppenheimer's like, it just, I didn't think the subject matter was going to be like interesting to a humongous audience, but that movie made like, $325 million of the domestic box office. Like, it's like creepingly, shockingly close to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That's yeah, crazy. And if you think about it, yeah, like the type of movie it is, you do, don't think, you wouldn't think it would appeal to the younger audiences. Like, it it's not a Ford Watchers film. It's not. Like, you're no. not taking your family to see Oppenheimer. You know what I mean? Like, how many repeat yeah. viewings are people getting of Oppenheimer? It's a like, long movie. You're not going, yeah, you're going to go and watch and it. And just than... the subject matter doesn't invite repeat. It's like, it's like one of the like wildest moments in history 
and one of the most devastating moments in history that like forever changed the world. But like how many times you going back and seeing that? Like how many times you go back and see saving private Ryan? How many times you go back and see some of those like, maybe people just feel like, maybe that's what it is. Maybe just people like feeling depressed these days. Maybe everyone's so negative that they just want to watch depressing movies. (laughs) But say that. I don't know. Mario, but then yeah, on the flip I mean, side I watch Mario. Mario is pretty depressing. Well, you got yeah. Barbie and, and Mario on the flip side of it that are <laughs> yeah. like true four quadrant family films. Everyone can go, everyone can love them. And my kids, like, we've watched Super Mario Bros. like a thousand times since it came out on, I think we bought it on Prime. Oh, and wow. like, we, it's on all, like, they go in fits and spurts. And I don't know. It, it's just, it's the box office and the franchises and relying on franchises. Like, I think a lot of the studios have to kind of rethink, you know, Disney is but I don't heavily think the, reliant. The, the thing is, the studios don't seem to know. And that's the thing that like we have all these, spe- you have these specialists, people that they pay crazy amount of money to make sure, these yeah. decisions and think what's going on. And, and they don't know. They should, no. they should all hire Carlos. Like, I don't know why Carlos isn't working for them because he'd, he'd help him out, man. Like, Yeah, look, he they, picked all the best. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why. Because the thing is, people, honestly, I guess they thought, you know, a lot of these movies, they thought The Flash was going to be huge. Mm-hmm. They were so confident that movie was going to be huge. They were so confident Mission Impossible was going to be massive. They were so confident that these movies were going to have, you know, Indy Jones was going to be huge. And I'm guarantee afterwards, they're like, they must be wondering what the hell's going on. Like, yeah, how how is how can we put out an Indiana Jones movie and nobody go and see it? Yeah, it's, it's, and that's why it, it's worrying. It is worrying going forward because it makes you do, make, does make you think. Like when we talk about Star Wars, if they did release a Star Wars movie in two years' time, will that excitement be back, or is this something that's going to continue into the next year or so? Because if this continues, it's it's a little worrying. Like studios are going to have to start thinking about making more original content. Mm-hmm. that isn't I, part of a a series, a continuation of something, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's an emerging trend. Like, I, that's what I would call it. Say, like, we got a couple, you got a couple of years here. Like you said, Top Gun Maverick, number one movie of 2022. And I consider that a standalone. Like, yes, it is inside of a franchise, but it's not inside one of these, like, humongous franchises that have been dominating the box office for the past 20 years. And then you got Barbie this year. Yeah. It, like, they're, like, when you look at the top grocers, for the last 20 years, the majority of them are franchise films. Harry Potter, Avengers, Jurassic World, Star Wars, Black Panther Endgame, you know what I mean? Like No Way Home a couple years ago. So it's it's there's the tides are changing a little bit. How and did the that, uh how did the Hunger Games movie do? Was that did that not great? Not great? No. Okay. I don't think so. And it wasn't I don't have let me see if I got it on here. I think it's it's hundred and fi- be hundred and fifty million dollars. So mm. like way better than like the Marvels, but I don't think. And it, then you see it's... you see the new that Godzilla Godzilla minus one a foreign movie, mm. you know that was a very like not a budget movie but like it didn't cost them that much to make and it's like super popular like everybody's now racing mm-hmm. out to see this new Godzilla movie. It's uh, Taylor yeah, Swift it's the Eras tour like her movie has made one hundred and eighty million dollars at the box office. That's not a <laughs> movie, man. <laughs> it's... And it's outgrossing a lot of the franchise. It's like it's okay. Like again, if I'd have told you at the start of the year that a Taylor Swift movie that was announced like two months ago was going to outgross both Indiana Jones, Transformers, and Mission Impossible, would you oh, have man. believed? I blame. Me I, you I blame January? TikTok. TikTok's making everyone crazy, man. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. everyone's losing their minds. It's true. TikTok and it's true. Uh, Amazon Fire Sticks. 
those things are dangerous, man. Like it seems like everybody's got these jailbroken fire sticks now, so everyone can watch movies before they even come out Just for free. It's like, yeah, my dad's like, have you got one of these jailbroken fire sticks that my brother gave me? Like, he's like, no, what, what, what's, what's that? <laughs> he's just like, yo, you know, I was watching Oppenheimer last the other day. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what, what is this thing? <laughs> but the funny thing is I asked people on Twitter and it seems like everybody's got one. <laughs> nah, like, man, man I, I uphold the law to the letter. I am. A yeah, well, I, know. I look at my system. bills, man. I need to, I think I do need to stop some of these uh, subscriptions. I have way too oh, yeah. many. Me too. I spend I more time yeah. looking through Netflix trying to find something to watch that I don't ever watch than actually mm-hmm. watching a movie. Like it's just do you ever do, do, you ever do this with, <laughs> with Netflix? It's like one day you'll be on it and you'll get like a recommended list. You're like, oh, there's like five or six things I would definitely watch next time I'm on Netflix. You go to Netflix and you're like, where the hell are those six things that I thought I was going to watch? Like, where did they go? <laughs> Dude, I think Netflix has this special skill of doing it. They all do. They all work together. It's like, I went on, oh God, what was I going to watch? Like, there was something that popped into my own. I'm like, I'm going to watch that. And I go on, and it's on no, nothing. The only way I yeah. can watch it is I have to rent it through Prime. And I'm like, okay, so what else did I want to watch? I want to watch this, go from Netflix. Where's it gone? It was always there. And now everything that I'm I want to watch is gone. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I literally will build lists in my head, being like, this, well, that's a cool looking documentary. This, this. And you go on there, it's like, okay. I guess I'm gonna nah, man, watch you, Elf man. again. Subliminal <laughs> messages, man. They plant it in your mind, and then when you go to watch Inside it, the Matrix. When you go yeah, to watch it's... it, it's not there, and you have to pay for it. It's how they get you. <laughs> I tell you. Well, this leads to our this that previous conversation there. This franchise idea leads to our final big story for 2023. We're calling this the end of an era for comic book movies. And I'd say even the genre itself. So let's let's put this hypothesis out there. End of an era. That's what I mean there is something's changing. And I think we can universally agree that the MCU, the DCU, all of it is is at a pivotal moment, a transition moment inside of the viewership. You know, is it the end of what are you gonna call it, the golden era, the modern era of comic book movies? Are we transitioning to something that's gonna look very, very different? down the road and what i mean by that when we look at our mcu properties for this year ant-man 3 guardians of galaxy 3 the marvels and then over on disney plus we got secret invasion loki and what if which has phenomenal reviews early reviews that's coming out on christmas day i believe and so really if, if you want to be the most pessimistic marvel is batting 50 percent here 50 50 guardians loki and what if are i think all superb i'm calling same what if based off the reviews and then you've got ant-man the marvels and secret invasion i liked the marvels but let's let's put it there so a little bit different of a space for the mcu they've had some rougher years i will say but next year is going to be a weird year for for marvel studios deadpool 3 is the only mcu film slated to be released and it's technically i wouldn't even call it a true mcu film so this is going to be the first time in over a decade that there's no true MCU movie coming out in a single year. So this is kind of the last year we're getting this big Marvel slate of films and TV shows. Next year's going to look very, very different. DCEU. Let's look at this a little bit. We have The Flash. You put the bleed beat or wherever you want to put it. And Aquaman. And then Shazam as well. I forgot about Shazam. <laughs> and... Aquaman will mark the end of the DCEU. So this 
franchise is kind of ebbing and flowing, been ebbing and flowing for the last decade or so. It is coming to a true end with Aquaman. The Flash was meant to be enormous, and it, it just wasn't. I really enjoyed The Flash. I thought it was cool, and what they did inside of it was great. But the DCEU, it's coming to an end here. Sony, they seem to be going the opposite direction than two of these big these two big studios with massive success with Across the Spider-Verse. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago, pivoting to their own Slater releases and becoming the dominant force in the comic book movie genre in 2024 with them having three releases in Craven, Madam Web, and Venom 3 in 2024. So it, it, <laughs> he said it. <laughs> so 2024 will be the quietest year for the comic movie genre in general in over a decade. With, like I said, no MC, true MCU film, the DC, no DC films. The DCU has ended this year, and Sony kind of rising to to the occasion here. We'll see how that pans out. But like Ian, is this is this the end of an era? When you look at all the content that we got here, looking into twenty twenty four, does twenty three actually mark a transition point or the end? Like I said, of an era for comic book movies. I think it does, and it doesn't. I I think it does in a sense. It's it's more of a transition period. Um, like part of me really wants there to be a big break with these kind of movies mm-hmm. uh, and have s- people spend some time away from superhero movies and then, you know, come back big and, and start again with something fresh and new. And um, so, yeah, I, I do think it's, it's going to be an interesting year next year. I hope it does revitalize that kind of love for, for these type of movies. Um but it's a shame that Sony are going to be releasing stuff. And what mm-hmm. they're going to do is make things worse because yeah. <laughs> you're basically going to just have a year of crappy Sony superhero movies and people are going to hate hate superhero <laughs> movies even more. It's, it's often so darkest we, before the dawn. <laughs> when we get the MCU back and when we get the DCU back, everyone's like, man, please don't give us any more superhero movies. So, yeah, I don't know. But it is, and I think it's been happening even over this year. There's been that kind of dying, um, dying interest in, in these kind of movies. It is definitely an end of an era, and again, I think it's something that's hard to understand and it's hard to predict. Like mm-hmm. again, I I don't know what's causing it. I people say fatigue. I'd like to say yes. it is fatigue, but I think there's something more to it, and what that is, I don't know. And I really hope it's a small thing. I hope it's a phase. I hope it's something that will iron itself out and, you know, come 2025, 2026, we get that passion back. But I don't know. I'm not too confident that it will. Um, And I do think we've been, I think we've been through the the peak. We've had the prime and we've had the, you know, a lot of people say they should have ended the MCU with Endgame. I'm glad that we got stuff afterwards. Just I don't. I want more stuff. I'm getting old. I don't want to have to wait for a long time before I get this stuff. And I I enjoy it, even if it's not as good as it was before. I don't care because it's still good. Um, it doesn't have to be as good as it was before. And you can have a bit of a low period where stuff's not as good, and then we get something mm-hmm. big again in the future. Like you can take a step back and calm things down a little bit. But it is a shame. Like I do think we have had that real huge superhero peak period where everybody was super excited. Everybody was rushing out to see these movies. Everyone's talking about it. Everybody had their favorite superhero. Um, 
And whether we ever get that back, I don't know. I don't think in the same in the same way. And yeah, that that maybe maybe for maybe for our kids' generation, maybe when they're our age, they'll get it again. You know, it's like it could be the same. Like Star Wars has come back three times, yeah, or twice, I guess. It's probably the same thing. But that that word, like you said, fatigue has been thrown around a lot this year. I'd say if you're going to do the word of the year inside of the comic book movie genre, it would be fatigue. Yeah. And I like you. I'm not. I'm not convinced of that. I think it points towards the audience wanting something more and different, and no one really knowing exactly what that is, including maybe the audiences. And well, I mean, you have like the boys, Gen V, Invincible. These are huge, and people are still watching them. They're just different mm-hmm. types of superhero movies. They're not the superheroes that we're used to. Um, well, Loki, you could argue, is that too, and like Loki is probably the best MCU show. And I'm almost convinced that only you and I watched it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think it is that connectivity. There's a lot of people online when you look and people like, oh man, more Loki. Like, you know, he should have died in this. And like what? They're just milking it. It's like, they're not. Watch it. They're not milking anything. Mm -hmm. Watch the show. It is the best. Tonight, I'm going to stay up till 2 a.m. to get a bottleneck gallery print it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's like this artistic print. And this artist, who's, it's Loki walking up the steps and all wow. the branches coming off. And it's a beautiful piece of art. And it was on Twitter and this guy's posted it on there. And I'm like, man, I was posting on there sharing it. You've got to get this out. Like you've got to get Botnet Gallery to, to make this and distribute it. And it's been announced. Like it's been announced a few hours ago or so. Amazing. Um, because of the time difference, it means I'm gonna have to wake up at two a.m. And this is this is the first time I've ever actually ordered anything directly from Bottleneck Gallery. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care how much the postage is. <laughs> I need that on my wall, man. Like send it there to me go. from Japan, whatever. I don't care. I'll pay whatever because that show was incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, the last two days I've been walk- going around collectible stores trying to find a Hot Toys Loki. I don't want him in his suit and I want him in a variant jacket. With a suit and tie, yeah. That's that's and that's because I love that character so much now, and what that show has done with that character. And it's a shame. It's a shame that that we are in this kind of low period, and we we kind of take people are taking a step back because there is quality there, and yeah. if you let it in, you try and enjoy it, and you give it a chance. There doesn't need to be, you know, a break in the the, the superhero. Um, energy so yeah mm-hmm. i think i think one of the one of the important points we've talked about this before when we did the one actually maybe i talked about it with zeddy when i did the marvels review but my first impression when i came into the marvels i said maybe people have grown out of the mcu but i certainly haven't and i think that is a little bit of this where people's expectations are where they were a decade ago when this started you know how different were you a decade ago? You know, some people watching this were 15. Some people were 10. So, you know what I mean? And some people were 30 and now they're 40. And some people, you know what I mean? So a lot changes inside of that span. And so everyone's chasing. And that's, that goes with like Star Wars and all this too. Everyone is always chasing this feeling they had at that particular moment, the nostalgia of it all. And trying mm-hmm. to have that replicated when you are a completely different person 
than you were when this came out. And that's why trying to capture things from your childhood are very difficult. It's like, I love TMNT, but I'm sure if I sat down and critically watched that cartoon, I probably wouldn't like it. Mm. And so I think there's a little bit of that built into this. And I, like you, would just caution people just to take a little bit of a breather. It's okay not to like things, and it's okay to, to, to lob criticism as long as it's constructive. But I think ultimately we are at the end of an era with all of this. And any notion that the MC or DCU was going to chuck everything out the window and just say, we've had our cake and we're we're not going to eat it. We're just going to sit there and, and ride. No, primarily they are, yes, filmmakers creating art, but they're also a, a monstrous business. Anyone who thinks that the MCU was going to end after Endgame, the biggest film of all time at that point in time, now Avatar is a little bit more, is mind-numbingly ridiculous because it's just never going to happen. And yeah, I agree that there's been some rough patches, but I think this year of any year is going to mark if, you know, 19 was the peak. This is definitely an inflection point in this genre where it's going to pivot to do something different. Even this idea <laughs> that the, uh, what do you call it? Brave New World, the Catherine Record 4 is being rewritten by a different writer and they're reshooting it. Kang is out. Majors is gone. So they're going to have to re- rethink really? all What happened stuff. to Majors? Yeah. Where's he gone? Uh, he got he, my favorite uh, actor. The guilt, guilty, <laughs> guilty verdict on his, uh, his, his case there. And immediately uh, Marvel dropped him, dropped um, him and said, See you later. What do you, what, what did you, what was it? Uh, he, 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 he does not remain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There it is. <laughs> so he's gone. So like the Marvel's got to go back to the drawing board with a lot of this stuff. And you know, when we talked about the Marvels, I thought that they put, or no Loki, when we talked about Loki, they put him in a corner and said, yeah, maybe we'll use him. Maybe we won't. So there's, there's a get out of jail free card with, with that character. Um, other than the Avengers movie that's named after him, but, uh, we'll see where that all shakes out. So, I think, like I said, we're at an inflection point with this genre, and it's got one direction, one of two directions to go. It can, as it's inflecting, it can inflect down or up. So let's let's see what this is. But I think that that's probably like, I would say, from what we discuss week on week out, that is probably the biggest story of 2023 is is where this genre is finishing the year at and what it looks mm-hmm. like in 2024. And we're gonna actually look at 2024 in our next episode we're going to do our most anticipated for that year it's gonna be a very very different year but to finish this episode off we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire ian a couple questions here i got for you and then uh i want you to lob them back my way so top of your head first thing that comes to mind when i ask these questions all right got it okay you good all right you're gonna ask me what color my underpants are your favorite podcast host of 2023 Favorite podcast host of 2023? Dude, me. wrong answer. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> that was first that should have been top of your head. Boom. That was a trick mean? question. Mother. What did Zeddy? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Shout out to our boys of Vigilante. All right. Here's the actual real questions. Um, favorite movie of 2023? Uh, Has to be... Uh, this is the this is difficult. I'm Let it go, man. Across, Top of mind. Across, across the spider verse. Across the spider verse. There we go. There we go. It has to Trust be across your Spider-verse. gut. Trust your gut. It's my gut. Like I want to say, it, but everyone tells me I'm wrong, and I'm not wrong. It's the best. No, it's your gut. This is your ever. favorite. I don't give a shit about anyone else. This is your favorite. Your favorite. 
Don't worry it's about it. It's the best freaking movie ever made. There you go. I love there it so go. much. How about you? Guardians of the Galaxy best. Volume 3. Wow. For me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I... I'd love to choose that one because, but I think for me, it's like it has to be part of the whole. I'm saying that across the Spider-Verse does as well. So, yeah. Yeah. You're there, man. Just trust your gut. Trust your. All right. Across Spider-Verse. Why do you like Guardians? Why do you like Guardians? Tell me why do you like Guardians. What's it's so it's emotion. It? It's emotional rocket story in it, man. I loved it. I absolutely yeah. love the way they finished their franchise and they gave Rocket the end arc there. And it wasn't yeah. a Star Wars fo- or a Star Lord focused movie. It had its moments. It wasn't as goofy as the other ones. I love the goofiness. I love the comedy. It's just, it was pitch perfect. Santa's bringing, Santa's bringing a, a Rocket plush, talking plush soft toy for, for Christmas, for the whole family. But of course it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love I love getting the family stuff that's actually for me. <laughs> All right, man. Here we go. Top of the head. Favorite TV show, 2023. And the winner goes to... This is going to probably surprise you. It's The Last of Us. Ooh, I've not watched that. Interesting. All okay. right. It's the Last of Us. There are so that was the hardest topic for me. Um, I was actually looking at other shows. There's too many: Mando, The Bear, Ahsoka, Succession, Loki, Blue-eyed Samurai. Everybody go and watch that man. It's the best freaking animated TV show ever. Uh, Last of Us, Silo, House of Usher. There were so many great shows this year. This year, this year was probably one of my favorite years of all time of TV shows. Like there was so much great stuff. Um, Ahsoka would have won it for me, but I just think something with the Last of Us. Last of Us one and two are my favorite games of all time. Uh, and how they adapted that, like how emotionally invested I was. And I really enjoyed talking about it with people online. Uh, people were really kind of rushing to see that show. And I do think it connected with a wider audience than it did, than a something like Ahsoka, um, than Mando. So Last of Us, yeah. One of the best episodes of TV is in that episode, uh, in that show. So Amazing. How about you? Ahsoka. Yeah. I, was, I had a hard time between Ahsoka and Loki. But I think Ahsoka... Where Loki delivered on the end of a story, this delivered on the start of something like humongous. Which yeah. and I, both of those shows for the first time in a long time, I was getting to them right on Wednesday or whenever they dropped. Right, like right as soon as I got home, or like you know, it's nine ten o'clock at night, and I've gotten to bed, and I've got like I'm just watching them on my laptop. Like I just try to get these into me as quick as possible. So that's that's where I lie. The one, but it's got to be Ahsoka, I think. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. To be honest, my Star Wars love has just, you know, definitely been um, revitalized. Like, I'm so into Star Wars now. Like, I'm glad that it's it's coming back and the what place mm-hmm. that it stands now. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really happy to hear that. Ahsoka is easily my second my second choice. Yeah. Awesome. All right, man. I got two more for you here. I got one that only you can do, and then we'll finish off with uh, with kind of a favorite space of ours. So for you, favorite game. So what is it? Favorite game, favorite game is is pretty easy. Uh, it's Spider Man Two. I figured that much. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, there are games that you could probably say are objectively better. Um, Tears of the Kingdom Zelda game is a fantastic game, and what they've done with that, with the crafting and the different like uh, levels of maps and stuff, is 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 great. Um, I've played a lot of good games this year, but Spider Man Two is was just something that like I could not stop playing, and it's it's a great it's great when you have one of those games where you come back home from work and you're tired but you want to play it and there's a lot of games these days you have to really be invested in them you have to put so much time into them you have to really think about it you know um 
what I love about Spider-Man 2 is there's so much to it, but yet it's just so playable. It's so fun. You can jump into it. And what they've done with the stories is something that I really wish they'd done with, you know, say the Sony movies. It's it's uh, what they do with the characters to have so many characters, villains and heroes in that one game and each has their own story. Not all of them have to be told from their origin, mm-hmm. uh, and you're really kind of digging what they've, what what they're, what the way that they're portrayed in the in the game, all the callbacks and all the nods to stuff that's from the comics and characters that are lesser known characters, uh, the the feels through that game, the emotions, like it is, I'd re- very rarely platinum a game you know, go through and do all the stupid little things, just like swinging somewhere in like, you know, two, 20 seconds or like go and find a piece of paper that's like on top of a building or something. But I did it with that game because I just didn't want to stop playing it. And that's awesome. Again, it's another game that I was talking to a lot of people about. You know, Chris Evans, uh, a friend of the show, was really into that game. We were just discussing it all the time and where we are and what's going on with the characters. And I think when you have a game like that, where you can, connect with the characters you really want to play it has a great story you know you can't you can't beat it so yeah one of the best games ever made i think awesome sure. love to hear it all right man i don't play video you never need so. no no favorite games no smartphone games you don't play don't, candy crush or something like that don't play games man no i'm not i'm not a gamer i'm a gamer my mind on other things other things sometimes my mind is on collectibles though so here we are we're gonna finish our rapid fire questions 2023 with the favorite, your favorite, your favorite, Ian. Not what other people tell you is your favorite, but your favorite <laughs> toy and or collectible you personally acquired, had in hand inside of 2023. Mine will go to, it is the 3-0 MDLMX Rodimus Prime Transformer. There you go, man. That was a Just lot of because <laughs> it's a lot of letters. It's the smaller range. No one else can see this, but let me grab him. I'm, I'm going to see it. Here. Just to show show you there. It's just this guy. Ah, oh, beautiful. And the reason it's he's he's got good articulation. What they do with the three zero figures is fantastic. Just they're, they're they're really bulky, and you know they're robots, but yet they've got so much articulation. They've got so many great. The way the engineering's done with the joints is really good. But for this one in particular, just when I was a kid, Rodimus Prime, Hot Rod, I loved that character mm. for some reason. Um, and, you know, he's the guy who took over after Optimus in the movie, but he was just the look of him, the oranges and how he popped. And I had this great toy where the back popped off and this big cannon came out and you could stand on the back and shoot this cannon. So this, for me, it's more of a sentimental thing. Awesome. Where it kind of takes me back to, you know, the the good old days of absolutely loving toys and playing with my my transformers and yeah, I mean, I've got some new hot toys like the Soka, Mando, Bo-Katan, um, and Mafix have had a really great year, but for me, yeah, the three zero is just my favorite. It's the one I gives me the feels, man, warms my heart. Awesome, love it, man. Well, for, for you? me, oh. I wouldn't it's even have a clue what yours is. Well, I have no I've, idea. I've, I've, I've had a very slow year, very slow year in 2023 for, for collecting. But I did get two things, and I'm debating between one or the other. 
in early in kind of like winter of this year i acquired the original 1980s proton pack ghost trap and pke major yeah from my childhood so i was able to get those on like a smoking deal like absolutely smoking deal these things are in like mint condition so i added that but i'd say probably my number one acquisition i'm just trying to make sure i'm looking at everything it's probably my me dipping my toe back into the WWF Hasbro figures. Oh, okay. I kind of guess like, that might be okay. Yeah, I it was and it's got to be kind of the the ones I got like probably displayed is the Macho Man, the Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior. It's yeah. two reasons. I love I love the look of those figures. Like they remind me of my childhood. And also it was a way that my cousin and I who's a big collector but we collect very different things. It was a way him and I were able to kind of connect. You know, he lives quite far away from me. Like we, we've always connected through like Funkos and collecting and that. But mm-hmm. this, he was out like hunting for me, finding figures, or talking about them. He had them when he was young, and so it was like a cool way for him and I to connect a, a bit more deeper. And so I loved it for that. And it was just a kind of a cool new collection piece that I think fits my '80s, '90s vintage kind of vibe i got going on now in my collection which is completely different from what it was a three four years ago and so i'm just digging that that's probably my my number one getting getting back into the hasbros and those three those three figures the warrior yeah that's great stuff like i mean you were big on the marvel legends before but marvel legends have Mm -hmm. had a really really bad year to be honest and like a lot of stuff they they bring out like quality wise but not even that like the prices have shut up and it's crazy man and like hasbros and Hasbro's yeah. in rough shape right now. Like it is in a, a very bad situation. And the thing they're is, like again, they're bringing out them. figures that they think are gonna do be huge, and they're just they're just not selling as well. I mean, they're only yeah. just bringing out the the No Way Home three Spideys. It's like and they they, they charged a fortune for that three pack, and then they released them individually and with head sculpts. Yeah, like yeah, it's I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see where Hasbro ends up in twenty four because we're going to talk about all of that in the coming weeks. We'll see if we get an Aquaman review in next week. I don't know. Next, It's kind of a weird week because of Christmas and all that. So potentially... When is that out? It comes out on Friday. No, maybe Christmas Day. Oh, before that, we could do... we got to do the greatest movie of all time. Star Wars Part 2. And Part 2 back? No, Star Wars Part Two. Pa- what are you talking about? Not Part Two. Not Part Two. Star Wars, the new Star Wars. The thing what that the hell are you talking Star about? Wars. Rebel Moon, man. Rebel Moon. Oh yeah, we got <laughs> so confused. Star Wars Part Two. Empire Strikes Back. No, oh, yeah. I don't know how did he uh, word it. He said it's the his version of Star Wars. It's like oh, a Zaddy. better version of Star Wars. I don't know. All right, yeah, we let's do that. Let's do that. I don't know. I'm never gonna make it. I'll watch it on Netflix. I'm never gonna make it to the theater to see Aquaman in the next two weeks. <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it comes out here till July, dude. Uh, July. July. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. <laughs> Maybe January, not July. Just July seven makes months sense. late. July it does. Well, when you well, said John July, Wick... I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I guess it's Japan. Seven months well, late. John yeah. John Wick four came out here last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're like February here. all right let's do that we'll be able to convene i think and do a a rebel moon when does that even come out this week uh it's it's a couple days yeah 22nd 
Cool. All right. I'm gonna watch it's it. going to be the crappy version. Apparently, no. He's just basically said, this is the crap version. And I've got a better R-rated version, which is what an hour longer. Dick. Which is completely <laughs> different. And I'm going to release it, like, in... Okay, didn't before. he have, like, full autonomy over this one? There was, like, no studio... Tele- like, he just... Netflix just uh, gave he, well, him, like... He, he came out today saying that, like, he, he said it was just, like, impossible. He said that no one in their right mind would release an R-rated movie um, first because it just wouldn't hit and it wouldn't make as much money or something something like that so and i think that's total nonsense you know i i don't think that here's the thing how okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get a little negative here for a second i don't want to do this on the year-end show but how anyone still pay that man to make movies like you're paid to do a job and yeah maybe you have this creative vision or whatever but if you can't make a movie that people want like your first try if you can't make a movie that people want to see to mm. stop making that movie like why did why it's are there always like i made this movie but here's my better version that i'm going to release like years later that's seven i mean and he's, a half made, hours he's long. made some he's made some movies that i love like i've got nothing necessarily against against that snyder but i think just the way he approaches things it's a bit but, questionable but from a business I, perspective I don't know. it's like do you think do you think netflix netflix might be doing it on purpose though because I'm thinking they're trying to, they can double up. People are going to watch the movie twice. It could be just to kind of try and fan a kind of a fan movement of, you know, trying oh, to get maybe. people. Maybe it's marketing still... genius. I don't think we're going to so, have release but... release the Snyder cut. It's going to oh, be. Oh my god! Movie. We sure shit better not have released will. the Rebel Moon cut. 100%, like hundred percent. No. It will. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I guarantee, I guarantee if you type release the Snyder Cut into Twitter now, it exists and it's. We mean re- release the Rebel Moon Cut? It'd be or the, the Snyder sm- Cut again. Oh, I guess like, the Snyder Cut. Because he, he said it's the, he's, he's calling it his director's cut, is the three hour version, the one hour longer version. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I don't <laughs> even want to watch the movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's not end 2023 on a sour note. Ian, I got something to say here. We're going to end this episode off here. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for jumping into the co-host seat this year. It's been phenomenal podcasting with you. I've had an absolute blast. We're able to make this work almost every single week, even with a 16-hour time change. It has been phenomenal not only getting to know you better, but also hanging out with you on almost a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis for a little bit there. It's It's been a true delight this year. I've rediscovered and reinvigorated a fandom through doing this with you i'm so pleased that we got to continue on the legacy of the nerd room and that we get to look into 2024 as a tag team as a duo in this space and try to make a difference here a positive difference not only for you and i but also for a community and i want to see that continue to grow and continue to move so i want to thank you so much for keeping this little thing of of ours now alive going forward and just it's something i look forward to every single week and i also i'm gonna give you a second to chat here but i also want to thank everyone that's listened for the past year everyone's listened for the past eight years that we've been doing the nerd room it's been an absolutely phenomenal ride we're 378 episodes in in 2024 we're gonna hit about halfway through 24 we're gonna hit the 400 episode mark so i'm really really excited about that and it's just it's been a great ride and i want to thank each and every one of you that listen to us on your commutes while you're washing dishes while you're walking the dog while you're working out whatever you're doing right now thank you so much for being a part of the nerd room and ian my friend i want to give you the floor here to to end off the episode end off the season you jumped into the seat it's it's your turn to end off 23 yeah dude i don't know 
I don't even want to speak. Got getting a bit teary-eyed here, but yeah, I want to. I want to say thank you to. Um, you know, I've I've been with the Nerd Room. I've been following the Nerd Room for quite a while, and you know, it's such a great group of guys. And the journey that the Nerd Room's been through, it's it's been through a lot of changes. Um, when you first introduced me, and you brought me into the Nerd Room, and I was you know helping with the YouTube stuff and the behind the scenes stuff. You know, that was for me kind of a kind of a dream come true man because it was it was such a great again group of people such a great podcast it's it was always my favorite listening to to the nerd room um and then to to jump up to to the co-host seat is is just been just amazing i just really want to thank you because every single week and every single time we come to record you know it's just i just get excited i kind of get nervous just because you know i'm just really looking forward to it and and chatting about things and i don't have that opportunity with a lot of people especially living in you know japan a lot of people don't aren't into the same things as me um so having that opportunity and and you know even the people listening just you know their their positive feedback and and hearing things from them as well and and then putting up with my my birmingham accent as as uh has been amazing and yeah like especially tim to you man i wanted to say a massive thank you it's been an incredible year um because of you You've definitely made my life happier for for bringing me onto the into the the nerd room, um, and yeah, like I've you know I found someone who's who's now one of my best friends. So yeah, man, thank you so much. We always have a good time, even before and after shows, just having a chat, and it's it really kind of it helps me, man. It helps me mentally, like it really does help me um, get things out and talk about things I love, and and it's great having someone that I've really connected with and and someone I can really get along with and as I said we call each other brother and there's a reason for that so mm-hmm. again thank you so much for this year thanks to everyone who's been listening I wish everyone has a very merry Christmas and Santa brings you lots of nice goodies um enjoy the holidays try to keep positive and 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 happy uh, enjoy time with your family or by yourself if that's the case and have a happy new year I hope 2024 is going to be a good one for everyone. I'm sure it will be, and we'll we'll continue doing this and continue enjoying the nerd in the future. So thank you, thank you everyone, and yeah, especially Tim, thank you to you. Oh man, I love it. I absolutely love it, and I love just everything about this space. So we will be <laughs> back to talk about Rebel Moon potentially in the not too distant future and we'll also be talking about 2024 here in the next couple episodes are most anticipated looking forward to see what is coming down the pipe and just to echo what ian said there i hope everyone has a safe and very very happy holiday season a great and wonderful new year and we look forward to continuing the journey of the nerd room into and towards episode 400 there's a lot going on and i cannot wait to get at it so for 2023 at least for now for the nerd room i'm tim and I'm Ian. And thank you so much for entering the nerd room.